0: Welcome to Positively Dad, my name's James Shaw, I'm your host, you're listening to one of our Dad Talk episodes. These are the ones that come out every Thursday where we just talk to a regular dad about being a dad. We do two podcasts a week here on Positively Dad, this one, and then every Monday we release one that we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow as parents, partners, and people, And, uh, and so we thank you for listening to whichever episode you listen to. Every Thursday, like I said, we do these dad talks where I can just connect with dads from all around the world and talk about being a dad. And this is right in line with why I started Positively Dad to begin with. We started earlier this year back in March to be a resource for dads to just help us get better. When I found out I was going to be a dad seven years ago, I went around looking for resources and things. And most of the stuff out there is for mom. And I just said I felt like this space was missing. So finally earlier this year, I started Positively Dad. My wife, Terry, and I have a daughter named Naomi, and I've learned so much in this process, and I trust that you have, too. Today is going to be a great conversation. We're going to talk with a wonderful dad of three boys named Marcus Tankard. Now, Marcus's story is really interesting. He um, and his dad did not really have a relationship, and he'll talk with you about that. He ended up finding his dad later on in life, and they did develop a relationship. Actually, that became part of a show that aired on Bravo for several years called Thicker Than Water. And uh, what you know, Marcus has learned uh, from being a father has really changed the way that he's parented. And I think we have a lot that we can learn from him. So I'm really excited to have Marcus Tankard on the program today. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad.
1: Yeah, thanks for the invitation. I really appreciate
0: it. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell our listeners a little bit about you.
1: Well, um, I am a 35-year-old black male. I um, married my wife in 2012. We met in 2008 while I was a missionary. Um, I was going back and forth um, to and from the mission field, and uh, I met her in our church. We started dating. Uh, Two years later, I proposed. Two years after that, we got married. And um, still didn't start having, start having children immediately. Off um, we waited three years and um, started having kids, and clearly haven't stopped. <laughs> as, of, as of two months ago, I've got a four year old, a two year old, and today my youngest son is as, as two months. So, um,
0: wow. and all boys, yeah, that's, right?
1: Yeah, I, I'm the boy dad. I'm yeah. that dad.
0: Yeah, that's so fun. So now you've got okay. So you've got a, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a, and a two-month-old. Is that right? Yep. Wow. And so, what's been just the most exciting thing about having these three boys, especially now that you've got a baby again?
1: Man, it is. It is a nonstop circus around my home um, because you know I, my my brother. He's kind of the opposite. He has all girls. And so um, when I go to his house, it's nice and quiet, you know, you may hear a little squeak here and there, whatnot, but at my house, it's, it's nonstop. And so you, I add a, a newborn into that equation and the newborn has his opinion about when he wants to eat and when he wants to sleep and when he wants to do this, that, and the third. And then my oldest is just infatuated with Sonic the Hedgehog. So it's Sonic videos, Sonic games, Sonic costumes, Sonic this. And he's on 10. And the one in the middle is just trying to find his way. But yeah, not doing it very quietly. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's very busy and very loud. But, you know, me and my wife wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I bet not. And when we were talking about doing this, the one thing you said is you want – I mean, the one thing you want dads to know is that you can be a great dad – Maybe even if, you know, you didn't experience that growing up, but that's not what you had. Tell us more about what you mean by that.
1: Well, you know, I, um, I, I say this, that, you know, my, my dad was married. Let's see, my dad's been married three times. And this isn't anything that he doesn't say publicly. So I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. Um, he's been married three times. And none of those women were my mom. Okay. Um, I was kind of what you'd call a college oops. And um, I met my dad kind of just by chance because my my mom didn't, you know, she didn't really search him out at all. She just kind of raised me on on her own and happened to see him on television one day. And um, so then that, you know, kind of moved some things along. And, you know, I met him when I was six and, you know, so right about that time, the transitions with his marriages were taking place. And so my grandmother and my mom were there, you know, when I wasn't with him, because once I met him, you know, I decided to come and live with him, yada, yada, yada. But like I said, you know, tr- divorce is difficult on children. So I, the bulk of my childhood was not spent with him. And so that being said, I, di- I didn't have a father in the home. You know, I didn't have the dad to say, hey, let's go outside and throw that baseball Let's let's play football. What's going on with school? I am going to come up to the school and have lunch with you. That's not my story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I decided early on that that wouldn't be the narrative that my sons would have. Um, And so I just I guess everybody has their own violin that they like to play as an adult. And I just determined that that wouldn't be mine, you know, Um, and I wouldn't pass that on to my to my kids. And so what I've done is to try to find my tribe of fathers, you know, um that can help me coach, you know, coach me along the way. Because, you know, again, that's not my background. So I'm just kind of, you know, it's kind of like when you run into somebody that has first generational wealth. You know, there's some things that have to be learned. Well, my first generational wealth is my relationship with my kids. And so I just, you know, you learn some things along the way and, and grab, you know, some good sound wisdom um as you go.
0: So, uh, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned?
1: Um, I think, um, if we could, if you could dumb down fatherhood to, to one word, I think, and it's the first lesson that I learned is presence, presence. Um, cause I don't know, I don't, I don't know everything. I mean, I'm, I'm learning, you know, things about boys and, um, and just the whole thing with parenting, you know, I mean, for years, I didn't even like kids. And my, my wife hates for me to say that, but it's just hmm. the truth. I didn't like children. Um, and I was concerned about having kids, you know, whether I would even like my own <laughs> or, yeah. and, you know, how to raise them and all of that. But I've learned that just if, if you are present, that's about 60 to 70 percent. Fatherhood, right there, and not just having your carcass there in the house, either, Mm -hmm. but you know, just being intellectually and emotionally available. Um, that's everything, you know. Sometimes, you know, with, with my oldest, you know, my wife picks him up from school, I take him to school, but she picks him up, and when I get home. I just have to sit and just let him talk. I let him jump on me and you know he's got some speech issues going on. So half of the time I don't quite make out everything that he's saying, but just being there and just letting him get it out at four years old. It means everything to him. And it means everything to me because I love spending time with him. But I think that's a big part of just being with their dad. And I think that goes for whether they are infants or whether they are toddlers, elementary school or teenagers. Not necessarily having all the answers, but being there available, so together we can find them. That makes sense.
0: It sure does. Now, what I'm I'm interested by is, I mean, you're a busy guy. You got lots going on. You're, you know, you're speaking. You're, I imagine, doing some traveling. I mean, just your life is not, you know, just sit around and hang out. So, with your kind of schedule and what you're involved in and what you do, how do you take that time to be present?
1: Well, one thing. That I think me and my wife decided early on. You know, I was a I was a traveling speaker when we um, when we got married. You know, I was the whole mission field uh, thing, and then you know I moved into motivational speaking when I moved back to the states. And so, just with our marriage, I decided that you know with stuff that I did in business, she would be there with me. Um, so we do things as a team. But then when I decided to, when we decided to have a family, I just, I wanted to bring that same culture or that way of doing things with my family to where it's not just me. No, when you ask me to come and you ask me to work on a project or you ask me to come and speak, well, really, you're asking my family to come. So I try to make sure that any of my partners or clients that I have, that they understand that this is a total package. And so, for instance, you know, they can't go with me all of the time, but I do try to map out at least five or six trips a year that they do come with me. And even if that means reorganizing some contracts, you know, expanding travel binders or travel agreements or whatnot, I try to include them in what I'm doing. Um, That way I don't do this thing where I'm away from them you know, 30 to 40 weekends out the year. And then I also have a 40 hour week a job as an operations manager, um, where again, you know, yeah, they have a dad, but dad isn't present. He's not available. Um, you know, and then that's on a larger scale, but just in the day-to-day things, you know, I talk to my family on my commute all the way to work. I have about a 40, 50 minute commute to and from work. So I'm on the phone, you know, listening to the Kids do their thing. I'm conversing with my wife. Um, I FaceTime on any breaks that I can get at lunch. It's just being there, utilizing some of the time that we already have throughout the day, but may not be, be being with good steward of.
0: Well, what's important to you about doing that? About talking on the commute. I mean, you've just left home, right? So now you're on the you're talking on the commute. You're checking in during lunch. Why is it so important, in your opinion, to do that?
1: You know, it's the little things. It's the little things um, because, you know, when I'm on my commute, you know, obviously, you know, I'm driving, so I'm not doing email. I'm not trying to multitask, you know, the honeydews at the house, you know, love the garbage disposal not working or there's an odor coming from the hot water heater or, oh, yeah, you need to do the lawn. you know I'm not trying to multitask. I'm just driving. So even if they're multitasking, at least I'm giving them my full attention while I'm, you know, on the road or whatnot. And that's time that either me and my wife can hash out, you know, just domestic details, you know, when's the next grocery trip or blah, blah, blah. Or that's time that I can just listen to my son's talk, you know. And, you know, again, you know, with my four year old or with my two year old, I'm not understanding too much right now. because they, <laughs> They're working it out, you know.
0: It um, gets a lot more but, fun. I'll tell you, I got a seven year old. I mean, we have legit conversations. So you're getting there. Okay,
1: <laughs> I can't imagine how those go. Yeah, um, and how mine will be when he turns seven. You know, yeah. but um, you know, it's just it, it's 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 important because when I'm home, we may not get that. Hey, sit down, look me in the eye, and let's just talk because there's homework, there's baths, there's eating. There's just things that have to be done, and I'm just not willing to just go without having meaningful conversation with them just because you know I don't get home till seven or eight in the afternoon.
0: Yeah. Do you think that it's important for you to have these meaningful, you know, to have really purposeful time and meaningful conversations with them because you didn't have that with your dad growing up?
1: Absolutely. But I don't have, when I think back in my memory, now I should say I have a wonderful relationship with my dad today. It's great. Okay. He's very involved in my life, very involved in the life of my children. But when I think back, you know, to childhood, I don't recall having those types of interactions with him. On a regular basis, okay. Um, To the extent that my interaction with my dad didn't govern, you know, what I thought, what I said, what I did, you know, as a kid or even as a teenager. Um, And so I just I wanted my kids to have that influence, you know. you know, to the extent that, you know, Micah tells, and this is something relatively small, but I know that that as a dad, I'm making an impact because Micah tells his teacher and his, 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 his uh, friends at school stories about his dad, you know, different things that I've done with him or different, you know, something silly, maybe that idea or, or whatnot. You know, and the fact that he makes mention of that, um, that it makes a mark on his teacher, you know, to, to to say something to my wife about it. You know, it's a good thing. It lets me know that I'm making the mark in his life that maybe my dad didn't make it mine.
0: Yeah, and that sounds like that's important to you. I remember uh, a mentor in my life one time said, there's going to be a day that you drive, I have a daughter, there's going to be a day that you drive your daughter to college. You know, she's 18 years old or whatever, and you you drop her off at the dorm, and, and you help get her moved in and, and everything, and then you leave and her roommate's going to be there. And, and this, this mentor of mine said, one of the very first questions that her roommate's going to ask is, so tell me about your dad. And, and, and this, this mentor of mine said, you're writing that story. You know, this 18 years from, from birth mm-hmm. to 18, you're writing the story that she's going to tell. So what story do you want her to tell? and it sounds like you're being really purposeful about what story your boys are going to tell as they grow up about their relationship with their dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's very sobering, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, it helps us, you know, helps us realize how important it is to be present and 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 to be fair, you know, the role of a dad has changed in the time from, you know, when our fathers were growing up when we were being raised, or when our fathers were even growing up, it's changed a lot. You know, dads are a lot more involved in doing more than probably our grandfathers were as fathers, mm-hmm. and um, and so the roles changed. I'm curious that as you talk about this, what is it though? As you you've got a four year old, a two year old, and a two month old, is there anything that you worry about or are concerned about? Is there something that's keeping you up or as you look to the future that's just on your mind as something that you know, this makes me a little bit nervous.
1: Um I think one thing, and maybe this is just this is something that all parents are concerned about. I I think that if there is something that kind of makes me, you know, kind of raise an eyebrow is, you know, Lord, am I am I allotting the appropriate amount of attention to each of them individually, you know? Um, I never want to be that dad that refers, that that always refers to my children collectively, you know? But I, I would like, okay, so it's Micah, it's Malachi, and then it's Little Marcus, right, Junior. Okay, so I, I would like, you know, when my children come of age, you know, whether it's teenagers or even into, into their adulthood, I would like for Micah to be able to say, "My dad loves me, not yeah, Dad loves us. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Dad loves all of us. He loves mm-hmm. us." No, I would like them to be able to say, "No, I have a personal relationship with my dad that is unique to what we have, in the sense that my brother may not have that." Now, it's 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 obviously you know each relationship will take on its own tone, and I don't strive to I don't strive to be equal, but I do strive to be fair. Um, and I want each of them to know that all of them have a place in my heart. But um, I want it to be personal. I want that personal aspect of it to have reality. And what those dynamics look like, I don't know. Um, Because Micah is at the place to where he thinks he doesn't need dad's help. He's trying to do everything himself, whether it's putting his shoes on the right feet or tying those shoes picking out his clothes, you know. But then I've got the newborn that just, he just needs everything from everybody all the time. <laughs> you know, and then my one in the middle, he's, he's he's trying to figure out if he wants to identify as a big kid, like his older brother, or if he wants to be held like his little brother. So I just, I don't know, I never want you know, the, the two older ones to look like I'm giving more attention to the newborn. Or does that make sense? You know, it
0: sure does. Yeah, it sure does. That whole
1: balancing act, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing is you don't want them to be the boys. You want them to be Marcus and Micah and Malachi. I mean, that's that that, you're not. It's not the boys, right? And each 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 boy, each of your sons is an individual, and you'd like an individual relationship with each of them as long and a collective one.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what that looks like, I don't know, but I'm definitely striving for.
0: Well, you'll find out, right? I mean, that's what the next, you know, the several years are about—is developing those relationships. So, I, I'm thinking then, as as we talk, and and I so appreciate you doing this with me. As as you've been on this fatherhood fatherhood journey, and you guys, you know, a four and a two and a and a two month old, what is it based on your experience so far that you think that the dads listening need to know about fatherhood? What would be the advice if you were going to go and do a uh, a presentation on fatherhood, what's that advice that you would give them?
1: Um, well, uh, first of all, respect respect their mama, whether you're with them or not. Um, it's so, I think it's so important that they see um, you loving them, you know, lo- lo- loving their mom if you're married, obviously, but it's not that they see you respecting their mom. I think that sets up a wonderful tone so that when you're not present, you know, they're still doing things respectful that you would be proud of. Um, and then the other side of that is never underestimate. Well, for The second thing, I guess, I was doing a brief station, is never underestimate what quality time will do for that relationship. I was pulling out of the yard this morning. And so the ritual is that when, when I drop my son off at work, um, at his at his school. I come back by the house, I gather the rest of my things and then I leave for work. And the ritual is that my wife, the two-year-old and the two-month-old are on the porch. They wave daddy, bye-bye, whatever. And before I left this morning, I told uh, the two-year-old, I said, well, daddy's going to work from home tomorrow and then we'll, we'll do a boy's lunch, right? Now, I'm not sure if he even quite knows what I have in mind when I say boy's lunch, which is essentially just me us probably making the sandwich and eating outside or something. Right. But the fact that I told him that I'm going to spend time, I'm working from home tomorrow and I'm going to spend time with him, meant the world to him, and his face lit up. It's the little things. I hadn't bought a kid's meal. I hadn't went and bought another toy. I hadn't given him candy. Any of that. I just gave him the promise of my time. And that was enough to change his temperament in that.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Oh, my um, gosh. I shared a thing on Instagram just a few days ago where I had been traveling. Like you, I travel a lot. So I had been gone for a week, and I, I'd come back, and, and, and I said to my wife, Terry, you know, what's the, what is it we should do today? And, I, I mean, a solid week I had been gone and out of the country, different time zones, a whole deal. And my wife says, the first thing you can do is take your daughter somewhere. And it was just one of those, like, I just need some alone time because I've been going, going, going for a week. So I said that sounds great and I load Naomi in the car and 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 we're just driving around I'm like I don't know what we're going to do and I had to stop and run an errand and pick something up and then I realized we're like 2 miles from Clearwater Beach. We live over in Tampa. We're 2 miles from the beach. And so I, we just go walk. This early morning we go walking on the beach and my she was 6 at the time. My 6-year-old looks up to me and she says, "Daddy, you are the best dad and today is the best day." And I said, "Well, thank wow. you, sweetie. That means a lot." And she said, "Well, This is a six-year-old. You could be a dad who buys me ice cream every day, and you would not be the best dad. Right now, this is the best day, and you're the best dad. And that's when I learned exactly what you're saying. They just want to hang out with us. Our kids just want to spend time with us. We don't have to go buy them fun stuff and do all these things. Your son just wants to have a a hamburger with you or a ham sandwich with you or whatever sitting on the back Mm -hmm. porch, and that's the best thing ever for him.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, we complicate it, don't
0: we? <laughs> yeah. Well, we do because we think we've got to do this grand thing and and all that kind of stuff. No, just hang out. So, are you purposeful to hang out with with? I know you got a two month old, so it's a little bit different. And yet, are you purposeful in hanging out with all three boys individually, just having time between the two of you?
1: Yes. We. we I, I'm very intentional about that. Mind you, the two year old gets his time about three in the morning when he wakes
0: up. <laughs> <Seth and Michael laughs> yeah. Plate. Right. Right. So that's his
1: quality time. There. Um But, um, you know, something as simple as, hey, I'm coming home. When I get there, I'm going to scoop up, Michael, we're going to go to Walmart and do the grocery shopping." Right. That's one-on-one time right there. Um, you know, so whether it's errands or just little things like this, where I say, you know, we're going to go pick up donuts for the family. I'm just going to take Malachi. You know, just that one-on-one thing there that I can incorporate into the culture of our busy life as a family but I think that it makes a mark.
0: Yeah, no question it does. All right, as we wrap up, what's the take-home message for these dads who listen? Because I think these conversations where we just talk to dads about being dads are so valuable. So what what's the take-home for them?
1: I think the take-home is that it's not as hard as you think. It's not as hard as you think. Now, it's, it can be horrifying, the thought of it, but once you get into it, it's really not as hard as you think. Trust your instincts. And I feel like you know, instinctively you'll be led to do the right thing. Um, the, the fact that, you know, fathers have you know, fears or concerns about being a, a, a good parent is the first step to being one. I mean, mm-hmm. if it didn't come up on your radar, I would have some concern. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, the fact well, if you that aren't nervous about
0: like that, it, if uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just saying, I just want to piggyback off that, and then I'll let you keep going. If you aren't nervous about it, then it probably means you don't care. So the fact that you've got a little nerves about it and some fear about it means that you really care about how well you're doing as a dad.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true, so true, so true. So taking that first step, getting in the ring, and then knowing that it's – it's, it's, it's not as hard as you, you think it is. Um, you know, yeah. Um, and then I, I'll say this this last thing, you know, and this is something in my life I've learned in watching other couples as well. You know, sometimes, you know, you may be better lovers than you are parents or you may be better parents than you are lovers, but find the balance, get in the ring, hash it out, and, and the ease, the ebb and flow will come back to it as it needs to. Um, but it's day by day, you know, you do, you do what you have to do, but neglect or pulling your presence from either arena is not an option.
0: That's, you know? Well, that's really powerful. That's powerful advice. We got to, uh, we're parents and we're also partners. And so keeping that going is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marcus, I appreciate you taking the time out to join us. You've offered a lot of value to these dads. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I sincerely appreciate it. I felt like I was able to kind of get some things off my chest a little
0: bit. There you go. That's awesome. Well, thank you. What a great conversation with Marcus, and we learned a lot. Number one, you get to decide what the relationship's going to be like with your kids growing up. Maybe you didn't have the best relationship with your dad. You don't have to have that continue. You know his dad was absentee until later in life, and he says he has a great relationship with him. And yet he made a conscious choice that even though he had an absentee dad, he wasn't going to be an absentee dad, and he's gone all in. The other advice I liked from him was purposeful time one-on-one with each child. You know, for me, that's all of my time is purposeful one-on-one with my child because I I have one. We're parents of an only. And for those of you listening that two, three, four, five, seventeen children, however many it is. That one-on-one time, purposeful one-on-one time seems to be very valuable. Hey, we trust that you got value out of this. My goal, again, is just to have conversations that open your mind and get you to think. And I want to thank you for listening. If you like this, if, you, if you're into it, if you think it's helping you, would you share it with other dads that you know that might be interested in these conversations? Whether it's the Thursday Dad Talk episodes or the Monday episodes where we're talking to an expert about something, share them because you're the one that helps us get the message out. And then follow us, please, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at Positively Dad. And then if you would, subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And then rate and review. Five stars would be awesome and a great review. would we just be overjoyed if you gave us one. I appreciate you listening. You can find us online at PositivelyDad.com, and if you're ever interested in being part of a Dad Talk episode, just email me, James, at PositivelyDad.com, and we'll plan. We'll get you on and and talk with you about being a dad. I thank you for listening. I'm James Shaw, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.